for joining us this evening. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Welcome, friends. I am your host, Zen Garcia. This is Momentary Zen here on Revolution Radio. And as always, we are greatly appreciative of your patronage and for taking the time to join us this evening in live broadcast. We do stream out of the East Coast, United States of America, near Athens, Georgia, 8 to 10 p.m., Eastern every Wednesday night. And so uh, if you can, please do join us. And the chat room is on the Zen Garcia YouTube channel. I am still locked out of the Revolution Radio chat. And I don't understand why that is, but it is what it is. Anyway, so this evening I am going to address... Something that many of our listeners have been asking, both myself and um, my friend, good friend Rob Skiba, since the last show we did uh, Thursday night last week, we had covered and talked about a topic um, which is of late becoming quite widespread and which is fueling a fire amongst Christians, and it has to do with the controversy of Paul, and that many believe uh, that he is a false apostle, and that he is spoken of in the Bible to be um, a deceiver and a liar, and that many people are accepting this stance and because of that are rejecting the New Testament scriptures, the epistles written to the various churches that he had written. And and so I'm gonna share kind of my perspective from the scriptures because I always back what I teach and what I believe with the foundation of the canon first and then um, from the multiple witnesses of the other ancient sources and the extra-biblical texts and that has always been the foundation of my faith and what I believe in Revelation. And so I'm going to cover that. And last week we spent the first 30 minutes of the show that we were doing on the chapter by chapter verse by verse introspection of the book of Enoch which we have been doing for several maybe 20 weeks now and we have made it to chapter 78 I believe and uh, also know that this tonight I'll continue that 
series with Rob on his uh, revolutionary radio project show, which is on Truth Frequency Radio, and that is broadcast at midnight to 2 a.m. my time, which is East Coast, but he lives in uh, Austin, Texas, or near thereabouts, and so he's Central Time and an hour behind me, and so it's 11 to 1 p.m. his time, but um, I'll be joining him after this particular show. But anyways, and so today we had a conference call at 1 p.m., and I was talking to my daughter-in-law, my son, and a couple of the people, Laurel and Martin, who are very instrumental in the work that we do with Sacred Word Publishing. And Joy had brought it to my view that, you know, this, that I should cover this topic in a little bit more elaboration because it is um, a hot topic as of right now, and a lot of people are asking me to address it. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time to really put together uh, in great depth a response. But I did spend, I guess, an hour or so today listening to the the 50 reasons to never quote Paul again that has been causing such an uproar. It's been released by Kristen Truthers, which I'm, I'm not familiar with the individual's work, um, but he does have a quite an extensive following, and he's also good friends with Rob, and, and they, I believe, have talked about this particular issue. And so... Um, I did have enough time to listen to a portion of that show and also to put together some information from the epistle of the apostle and the church fathers, which I feel will respond to at least some of the things that the individual brought out. And I'm sorry, I don't even know his name. Uh, but which the individual brought out in this particular show. And one of the controversies that he had was with regard to food sacrifice unto idols, unclean foods, and there was one other controversy. Oh, circumcision. And so th- that I will specifically address with one part of the show, but um, I'm not going to begin with that. I want to begin with something that is found in the Gospel of Bartholomew, and which has to do with um, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And for a lot of people, you know, they, in reading the Gospel, they understand that Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit 
is the one thing that is unforgivable according to scripture. And so, but a lot of people don't understand what that is, what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is and what it relates to and why it is unforgivable according to um, the declaration of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to cover that first because there's only one place in all of the both canonical and extra-biblical materials that I've read, which is a lot. I've read a lot of information, and it's only addressed in one place, and that is the Gospel of Bartholomew in chapter 6. And so we'll begin with this, and then I'll explain why afterwards. And then we'll move into the other aspects of the show. It says this, Bartholomew saith unto him, Declare unto us, Lord, what sin is heavier than all sins. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee that hypocrisy and backbiting is heavier than all sins. For because of them the prophets saith, in the psalm, that the ungodly shall not rise in the judgment, neither sinners in the counsel of the righteous, neither the ungodly in the judgment of my Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you that every sin shall be forgiven unto every man, but the sin against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. So take that into context, that this sin is so heavy and so um, irreproachable that the prophet in the psalm, David, saith that the ungodly shall not rise in the judgment. So it can actually prevent you from being counted in what is um, being raised in your glorified form and being restored to your first estate. Neither sinners in the counsel of the righteous. So in some manner, this could cause one to be not numbered amongst the elect. Now, I'm not saying this myself. This is what this particular verses are saying. So let's continue. And Bartholomew saith unto him, What is the sin against the Holy Ghost? Jesus saith unto him, Whosoever shall decree against any man that hath served my holy Father hath blasphemed against the Holy Ghost. For every man that serveth God worshipfully is worthy of the Holy Ghost. And he that speaketh anything evil against him shall not be forgiven. 
Woe unto him that sweareth by the head of God. Yea, woe to him that sweareth falsely by him truly. For there are twelve heads of God, the Most High, for he is the truth. And in him is no lie, neither forswearing. Um, and so, according to what is told to Bartholomew here, is that a person that is a servant to the Most High and that has brought forth truth and revelation of the kingdom and that has led others to salvation through Christ, that these individuals are apportioned worthy in that to condemn and to judge uh, and you know a lot of people condemn and judge me and I don't at all believe that I'm worthy um, of judging others and so I'm careful to not do so I believe that only the most high the father the son the holy spirit that they are worthy and righteous and hold such authority that they can judge one and condemn because they know even that which is done in the dark, those things which are um, kept hidden from everybody else. They know everything. And so they can judge in the fullness in context of a person's life, intent, behavior, the things that they've done, which are are common knowledge and that which is covert and hidden and veiled. They know all things. And, you know, the wages of sin, they will weigh what is uh, that the deeds of both righteous and wickedness in determining whether one will be numbered amongst the sheep and, or the you know the goats or the wheat and the tares and only you know Christ does take the seat of authority for such judgment um, but he is you know representing the Father and the Holy Spirit and himself in proceeding. You know, the, the Lamb of God and only he is worthy even to open the seals and to bring forth the judgment in the end of days and the wrath of God and to complete this cycle of duality and to finish off uh, the, the wicked with what is the second death and so you know only he is worthy of judging and so you know we have to be really careful in judging anybody and speaking harshly or negatively about others especially if you know they're doing the work of the kingdom in my opinion and Unfortunately, you know that I do receive a lot of condemnation from a lot of people who think that they are 
for whatever reason um, that it is their place to you know levy such accusations and to bring forth such judgments upon others and so uh, I tend to think that you know this is what is being spoken of as being the um, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, I would certainly be careful on judging or condemning somebody that really did the work of God in their lifetime and which has, you know, been acknowledged and as having done this work by a lot of people and has really been a representative in my opinion and with you know what i'm referring to now is with the work that paul has done because i find and i believe that in scripture he is numbered with the elect and he is that christ is an advocate and anoints him for the work that he does. And so we're going to begin with an examination of some scripture that most people are not familiar with. And I think that really if you're going to seek out truth on a topic that one has to read more than just what is found within the canonical materials, especially when you're going to bring forth an opinion or a perspective like this, which can really, um, I mean, if you're going to, you know, go public with this kind of teaching, you better really have your facts and, you know, your knowledge in line um, and I don't mean just with the biblical text because you know again as I've teach and as we have shared in great detail on this particular channel there's a lot that is excluded from the canonical materials and this individual does say that in this particular show that he is a student and a proponent of the extra-biblical, the apocryphal manuscripts. And so, um, and, and if you're going to hold that kind of stance, well, well, certainly you need to be familiar with those things that I'm going to go into here. But a general description from the Book of the Bee on Paul, this is found in the Great Commission 1 and 2 that we have put out, uh, the very opening introduction, gives a listing of a detail of the different individuals that were counted as the apostles, and not just the 12 main, but also what are listed as the 70 um, that were you know, assisting Christ and that had been anointed by him to do the work of the Great Commission. And if you're not familiar with those books, the Great Commission 1 and 2 are manuscripts that we put together to help people to understand that 
you know, we have one book of Acts in the Bible. But literally, there are dozens of manuscripts which talk about the work of the various apostles as they went forth two by two in going to the various areas of the world and sharing the knowledge of the gospel and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And most people are not even familiar with all of these manuscripts. For instance, the uh, Andrew and Matthias, the city of the man-eaters, and how people, you know, the apostles were frightened and did not even want to go to this particular place, which was a stronghold of Satan. And it was a place that they not only plucked your eyes out, but they fatten you up like cattle, and they, the city comes out, they slaughter a number of the people that have unfortunately come through their city or been captured, travelers or merchants, um, and then they consume them. They divide up their bodies, they drink their blood, and they eat them. And this is something that, you know, is little known about with regard to the realities that the apostles were facing and had to overcome. And so I do recommend that people read and study if you really want to know about, because in the Great Commissions, the book one and two, you find that Paul is interactive with a number of the apostles in doing the work of the Great Commission, and that they their encounters overlap one another as they are called by Christ to assist each other, and sometimes supernaturally. Like in the, for instance, you know, Paul being blinded initially on the road to Damascus and how this was even told um, that Christ warned and told the apostles that he was going to do this in order to stand Paul up to be a voice and a teacher unto the Gentiles for him. And, um, and so it was another one of the apostles that was sent to him to heal him, to restore his sight and to teach him of the kingdom and of the spirit and to bring him to knowledge on the mysteries that Christ had shown and taught to the others. And so, um, and, you know, there are literally, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 manuscripts just in those two books alone, which cover the, you know, the activities of the apostles during the early establishment of the church. And it also shows how women were also critical for the establishment and for doing the work of the ecclesia and the early formation of the church which is knowledge that is lost and forgotten as well. And there are numerous 
women that are cited in these ancient uh, Antonician sources which were deliberated upon by the church fathers and that's how and why we have them preserved in writing for consideration and contemplation in this modern age uh, where we have access to so much more than what was available to even you know early believers but let's continue all right so this is from the book of the bee on what is spoken about with regard to Paul. Paul of Tarsus was a Pharisee and of the tribe of Ephraim or Benjamin, which we know he was a Benjamite. He went to Peter at Rome and Nero ordered them to be slain. On their way to the place of slaughter, they gave the laying on of hands to the priesthood to their disciples, Peter to Mark and Paul to Luke. Peter was crucified and Paul was beheaded and Mark and Luke brought their bodies into the city. But Paul's head could not be found. At length a shepherd found it, and he laid it by his sheepfold. At night a fire blazed over it, and the shepherd went and told Bishop Zeistus and the clergy, and when they saw the head, they recognized it as Paul's head. They laid the head at the feet of Paul's body, and having prayed the whole night, the head was found to have joined itself, to the body. From his call to the end of his life is 35 years. He traveled for 31 years and he was in prison at Caesarea for two years and for two years in Rome. He was martyred in the 36th year after the passion of our Lord and was buried in the royal catacombs in Rome. And so we're going to begin with the Epistle of the Apostles. And again, this is from one of the books that we put out, a compilation of the epistles. It's called the Epistles of the Apostles and the Church Fathers. And this was something that I read on the show that Rob and I did um, because it's specific. This is Yahushua talking and telling the other apostles about how he's going to anoint this individual named Saul. And so, you know, this isn't the word of just some other, this is the words and the testament of Christ with regard to Paul. So pay attention. And behold, a man shall meet you whose name is Saul, which being interpreted is Paul. He is a Jew, circumcised according to the law, and he shall receive my voice from heaven with fear and terror and trembling, and his eyes shall be blinded, and by your hands, by the sign of the cross, shall they be protected. Do ye unto him all that I have done unto you. Deliver it unto the other. And at the same time that man shall open his eyes and praise the Lord, even my Father which is in heaven. He shall obtain power among the people, and shall preach and instruct, and many that hear him shall obtain glory and be redeemed. But thereafter shall men be wroth with him and deliver him 
into the hands of his enemies, and he shall bear witness before kings that are mortal, and his end shall be that he shall turn unto me, whereas he persecuted me at the first. He shall preach and teach and abide with the elect as a chosen vessel and a wall that shall not be overthrown. Yea, the last of the last shall become a preacher unto the Gentiles, made perfect by the will of my Father. Like as ye have learned from the scriptures that your fathers, the prophets, spake of me, and in me it is indeed fulfilled. And he said unto us, Be ye also therefore guides unto them in all things that I said unto you, and that ye write concerning me. Tell ye them that I am the word of the Father, and that the Father is in me. Such also shall ye be unto that man as becometh you. Instruct him, and bring to his mind that which is spoken of me in the scripture and is fulfilled. And thereafter shall he become the salvation of the Gentiles. And so here Christ is instructing the apostles to take Paul as a student and to instruct him on how he fulfilled the prophecies that were laid out in Isaiah and other places, and how he truly is Savior Messiah. And once anybody comes to such conclusion, it's undeniable, because it's so very clear. And anybody that has the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and a mind to understand, and led to that truth, I mean, this is a truth that people die for. And look at how many did. I mean, even Paul, he gave his life for this truth. And so, you know, who are we? I mean, look at how much persecution and how much he had to suffer and to endure. And who are we to judge the fruits of his labor? And here, you know, it is Christ telling us that um, he shall obtain power among the people and shall preach and instruct, and many that hear him shall obtain glory and be redeemed. I mean, Certainly that, uh, I, I would love to have that written by my name. I would love to have Christ think of that about me. He shall preach and teach and abide with the elect as a chosen vessel and a wall that shall not be overthrown. Yea, the last of the last shall become a preacher unto the Gentiles and made perfect by the will of my Father. Would not anyone love Christ to say that about 
any of us and to declare that about the work that we've done in our lifetime? I mean, what a privilege, in my opinion. And for me, you know, anybody's judgment or anybody's opinion or anybody's interpretation of what they believe they see in the scriptures of Paul being a false prophet, it would be very hard-pressed and difficult for anybody to provide any truth that could even overcome these verses here in the epistle of the apostles, in my opinion. Because certainly, as I said, Christ is an advocate of Paul. And so let's continue. Because remember, the whole reason that Paul is chosen and Peter is shown a vision of, you know, the unclean food, which represent the Gentiles and how the Gentiles were grafted in to become part of the church and part of the elect is because the Jews rejected him and they murdered him and conspired his murder and then covered up that he was Savior Messiah. They lied to their own people, as is found in the Gospel of Nicodemus. And not only that, but the lying scribes, they even removed Christ from the Pentateuch 200 and plus times. The word of the Lord mentioned there in allusion to Christ and his relationships and his connections with relationships with the patriarchs and the prophets and all that was hidden just so that they could deny him as Messiah. And so he went to the Gentiles and he opened the door to salvation unto them. As it says here, such also shall ye be unto that man as becometh you. Instruct him and bring to his mind that which is spoken of me in the scripture and is fulfilled and thereafter shall he become the salvation of the Gentiles. Yes, Peter was also sent to the Gentiles as were all of the other apostles. They didn't exclude them after Peter received his vision. But Paul, especially being a Roman and being a Pharisee and one that was brought up in the law, because the other apostles, they were fishermen. They were tax collectors, you know, doctors. They were not men of the law as Paul was. He was a Pharisee. He was brought up in teaching by Gamaliel, who also became a believer. And Gamaliel was the most, the foremost teacher and rabbi for his time and his age. He was the brother of Nicodemus, who was the one with Joseph of Arimathea, who buried Christ and preserved his body 
All right, so let's continue. And remember, it's because now the Gentiles are going to be grafted in. That's the whole context for the teaching of tonight, and that's the reason why I read at the very beginning of this particular show that God is the God of both the Gentiles and the Jews. And uh, if you're wondering where I'm reading from, this is chapter 31, and this now is chapter 32 of the Acts, the, I mean the epistles of the apostles. It's the very first story in the book that we released and compiled on the epistles of the apostles and the church fathers. And we asked him, Lord, is there for us and for them the self-same expectation of the inheritance? He answered and said unto us, Are then the fingers of the hand likened to each other, or the ears of corn in the field, or do all fruit trees bear the same fruit? Doth not everyone bear fruit according to its nature? And we said unto him, Lord, wilt thou again speak unto us in parables? Then said he unto us, Lament not. Verily I say unto you, Ye are my brethren and my companions in the kingdom of heaven unto my Father, for so is his good pleasure. Verily I say unto you, Unto them also whom ye teach and who believe on me will I give that expectation. And we asked him again, when shall we meet with that man? And when wilt thou depart unto thy Father and our God and our Lord? And he answered and said unto us, That man will come out of the land of Cilicia unto Damascus of Syria to root up the church which ye must found there. It is I that speak through you, and he shall come quickly. And he shall become strong in the faith that the word of the prophet may be fulfilled, which saith, Behold, out of Syria will I begin to call together a new Jerusalem, and Sion will I subdue unto me, and it shall be taken, and the place which is childless shall be called the son and daughter of my father and my bride." And so, you know, again, here we, he's alluding to something that is written of, um, you know, that New Jerusalem, that is the place of the righteous, the, the home of the elect, um, and that Paul is going to be part of bringing believers. Because, again, it is the elect and the believers that are homed and housed there in New Jerusalem. And it's also New Jerusalem which will descend down out of the heavens at the end of the age, uh, at the end of this second world age. Uh, and that will be the residence, the home for the church. And that's why it's called uh, the bride. For so hath it pleased him that sent me, but that man will I turn back, 
that he accomplished not his evil desire. And the praise of my father shall be perfected in him. And after that I am gone home and abide with my father. I will speak unto him from heaven, and all things shall be accomplished, which I have told you before concerning him. And so here, Christ is even alluding to how he spoke of Paul even before this time and told them about him. And so, I mean, in my mind, that makes Paul special, that Christ would even consider him and is talking to the apostles about him and about how he's going to choose him and he's going to use him, he's going to anoint him and that he's going to be numbered amongst the elect, that he's going to die for him. I mean, wow. To be acknowledged by the Most High God in a personal manner such as this, to me that shows without a doubt that He's a very special individual. And so let's continue. Just a few more uh, chapters here. Chapter 34. And we said unto him again, Lord, so many great things hast thou told us and revealed unto us as never yet were spoken. And all hast thou given us rest and been gracious unto us after thy resurrection. Thou didst reveal unto us all things that we might be saved. Indeed, but thou sayest unto us only. There shall be wonders and strange appearances in heaven on earth before the end of the world come. Tell us now, how shall we perceive it? And he answered us, I will teach it to you, and not that which shall befall you only, but them also whom ye shall teach and who shall believe, as well as them who shall hear, that man and believe on me. In those years and days shall it come to pass. And so here again, Paul is referenced as being uh, and teaching about the end of days. And, you know, as we see in 2 Thessalonians about how the man of seal Sin has to be revealed, the abomination of desolation, uh, and how there has to be a great falling away first. And so we know that he did these things, and it's through his epistles to the churches that he did this. And, you know, now people are saying that all of that should be thrown out. All right, I'm going to just read one more because I just know that, you know, this next portion of this particular epistle of the apostles, it fits in line with Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. And really, I could spend a whole other hour just on this. But there's one other thing I want to make sure that I get to this evening, and that has to do with the controversy of the circumcision and the food sacrifice into idols and the 
division that people believe um, had occurred amongst Paul and the other apostles, which when I clarify this, you'll see that there was no division and no controversy, but that they were actually of one accord. And we said again to him, Lord, what shall come to pass? And he sent unto us, then shall they that believe and they that believe not hear a trumpet in the heaven, a vision of great stars which shall be seen in the day, wonderful sights in the heaven reaching down to the earth, stars which shall fall upon the earth like fire and a great and mighty hail of fire, the sun and the moon fighting one with the other, a continual rolling and a noise of thunders and lightnings, thunder and earthquake, sittings falling, and men perishing in their overthrow, a continual dearth for lack of rain, a terrible pestilence, and a great mortality, mighty and untimely, so that they that die lack burial, and the bearing forth of brethren and sisters and kinfolk shall be upon one buyer. The kinsman shall show no favor to his kinsman, nor any man to his neighbor, and they that were overthrown shall rise up and behold that them that overthrew them, that they lack burial for the pestilence, shall be full of hatred and pain and envy, and men shall take from one and give to another, and thereafter shall it wax yet worse than before. And then shall my father be wroth at the wickedness of men, for many are their transgressions, and the abomination of their uncleanness weigheth heavy upon them in the corruption of their life. And we asked him, What of them that trust in thee? He answered and said unto us, Ye are yet slow of heart, and how long? Verily I say unto you, as the prophet David spake of me, and of my people, so shall it be for them also that believe on me. But they that are deceivers in the world, and enemies of righteousness, upon them shall come the fulfillment of the prophecy of David, who said, Their feet are swift to shed blood, their tongue uttereth slander, adder's poison is under their lips. I behold thee companying with thieves, and partaking with adulterers. Thou continuest speaking against thy brother, and puttest stumbling blocks before thine own mother's son. What thinkest thou, that I shall be like unto thee? Behold, no, behold now how the prophet of God hath spoken of all, that all things may be fulfilled, which he said aforetime. This is the last portion that I want to read. And then I'm going to go into the other aspect of the teaching for tonight. And again, we said unto him, Lord, will not then the nation say, where is their God? And he answered and he said unto us, thereby shall the elect be known that they being plagued with such afflictions come forth. We said, will then their departure out of the world be by a pestilence which giveth them pain? He answered us, nay, but if they suffer such affliction, it will be approving of them whether they have faith and remember 
these my sayings and fulfill my commandments. These shall arise and short will be their expectation that he may be glorified that sent me and I with him. For he hath sent me unto you to tell you these things and that ye may impart them unto Israel and the Gentiles and they may hear and they also be redeemed and believe on me and escape the woe of the destruction. But whoso escapeth from the destruction of death, him will they take and hold him fast in the prison house in torments like the torments of a thief. And we said unto him, Lord, will they that believe be treated like the unbelievers? And wilt thou punish them that have escaped from the pestilences? And he said unto us, If they that believe in my name deal like the sinners, then have they done as though they had not believed? And we said again to him, Lord, have they on whom this lot hath fallen no life? He answered and said unto us, Whoso hath accomplished the praise of my father, he shall abide in the resting place of my father. Okay, please do read the rest of it because it goes into great detail again on what is the end of the age and the detail of what is provided for instance, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and the Apocalypse of Peter, which goes into, you know, when the apostles asked Christ, what would be the signs of your return and of the end of the age? And it's interesting that, you know, uh, this individual that did this video on, you know, how Paul could not be trusted, he said that, because there's so many accounts of Paul's conversion and that there's so many different stories that people tell or that it's captured in a different way. And yet here you have the question of uh, posed to Christ, what would be the signs of your return and of the end of the age? And literally you have five different witnesses of, you know, how and what he said to the apostles during that time. And even when Christ returned, he was witnessed and seen by the saints and the apostles in different manners. Some reported as seeing him as a, a young, beautiful child, others as an aged old man, others that even in the form of a woman. And so, I mean, you know, different people see different things. And so for, you know, somebody to say that uh, Paul was being untruthful or that some were able to see, even, you know, the, the donkey who could see the angel on the path, Balaam couldn't see him. Um, and so, you know, certain People are able to see certain things and others not. Uh, it's like, for instance, when uh, Jacob returned home and encountered Esau. And Esau saw all of the 
angel armies that accompanied Jacob and then decided not to kill him but to forgive him. It was the presence of those angel armies that, you know, he saw and all of his fellows could see, but Jacob didn't see them. It's the same thing in the story of Yahushua Christ in the infancy gospels that when he entered into and was going towards Egypt, that all the robbers and the bandits, they heard a, a noise of a multitude and they asked, you know, where is that king that was coming this way? They ran and they even left their bounty behind. And yet it was just Mary and Joseph, uh, Salome, um, and Christ. Salome being one of the, uh, the Mary's cousin and one who dedicated herself to uh, providing uh, and helping Christ um, as a caretaker. So you never know what you're going to see and how people are going to interpret a specific occurrence. All right, now I'm going to read specifically, this is chapter 11 of the Western Book of Acts. And this is the second story in the epistle of the apostles and the church fathers. I'm probably not going to be able to read all of it. Uh, and actually, since we're almost to first break, I'll just pick up when we return. But I'll read the, a small portion of this to lay out um, what I'm going to be going into. It says, but the brethren that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them? But Peter began and expounded the matter unto them in order, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descending, as it were a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even unto me. And upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and I saw the four-footed beasts of the earth and the wild beasts and the creeping things and the fowl of heaven. And we'll pick it up when we uh, come back. So he's seeing a vision of unclean or what are listed in the scriptures as unclean beasts creatures and the creeping things and so we'll be right back and then I'll go into explanation of this in relation to Paul as well everyday questions arise are the stories in the Bible true what if I told you that there are hundreds of confirming witnesses which give intricate detail to the stories in the Bible. Have you ever found yourself deep in the rabbit hole with questions that no one seemed to have the answers to? Join us every other Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time for our Ask Me Anything series with author and researcher Zen Garcia as he sheds light on the mysteries which have us all searching together. 
Many truth seekers are constantly studying alone. But there is a place where we can come together. The Digital Readers Club is our online ecclesia, meant for those who've forsaken churchianity, but still want the closeness of a family to study with. Join us every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to put together the puzzle pieces of truth scattered throughout the ancient scriptures. Your partnership with Sacred Word Publishing goes further than the publishing of ancient manuscripts and weekly video content. You also make a huge impact across the earth in orphanages in Myanmar, India, Uganda, and Kenya. Your support is crucial for the development of the Ecclesia of Real Truth Seekers. We thank you for joining us in hosting Secrets Revealed, Momentary Zen, the Digital Readers Club, Ask Me Anything series, and other shows that have helped lead so many to the truth of salvation. To become even more involved, please visit patreon.com slash sacredwordpublishing where you can partake in exclusive, interactive, patron-only content and help us continue shining the light of love in this darkened world.
friends. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm your host, Zen Garcia. All right, welcome back, everybody, for a second hour. And so we're going to go now into the controversy um, that, you know, a lot of people are teaching that uh, Paul was and had a difference of opinion with regard to circumcision and Moshe's law and, um, and also with food sacrifice and the idols. Um, and that even Peter, when he received the vision, you know, he was unsure of the interpretation and he thought it was about eating unclean foods, but it was actually about how God was going to graft in the Yahuwah was going to graft in the Gentiles, uh, into the church and extend salvation to them. Uh, through the Savior Messiah, and that he would make them a portion of the church and also of the bride. And up until that time, the the Israelites were told never to intermix with the pagans, the Gentiles, which were the seed of Cain. And then, but after Christ died on the cross, Salvation was extended, and he did die to bring forgiveness of sins to all of humanity. And so when, as I said, the Jews rejected him as Savior Messiah, he then, through the Great Commission, sent the apostles to take the gospel and the truth of his being Messiah to all the people in all the world. So I'm going to continue here. And this will address specifically this particular controversy, which seemed to be a big segment of this particular teaching against Paul. So let's continue. And I saw a vision, a certain vessel descending, as it were, a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even unto me. Upon the which, when I had fastened my eyes, I considered and saw the four-footed beasts of the earth, and the wild beasts and creeping things, and fowls of the heaven. And I heard also a voice saying unto me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath ever entered into my mouth. But there was a voice to me. The second time out of heaven, what God hath cleansed make not thou common. And this was done thrice, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, forthwith three men stood before the house in which we were, having been sent from Caesarea, unto me, and the Spirit bade me go with them, making no distinction. And these six brethren also accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying to him, Send to Joppa and fetch Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall speak unto thee 
words whereby thou shalt be saved, thou and all thy house. And as I began to speak to them, the Holy Spirit fell on them, even as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave unto them the like gift as he did also unto us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God, that I should not give them the Holy Spirit when they believed on him? And when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also hath God given repentance unto life. And so what Peter was talking about is the story of Cornelius, the Roman soldier that sent his, um, his aid to go and find Peter, that he had received a vision and that Peter was also sent uh, a vision to go unto Cornelius and to his house and to not be afraid to enter into this Gentile dwelling. And so he did, they did receive after he talked to them and talked with them and uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so he's like, you know, they already got the Holy Spirit. Why shouldn't I baptize them? You know, God is basically telling him and showed him in that dream what he has made clean, speaking about not unclean foods, but about the Gentiles. He was speaking about Cornelius and his family and his household. And so Peter did baptize them. And that was the experience that he had, that when he came back and met with the apostles, he told them this story. And so this is what he's talking about here. And so that's when they um, began to accept the Gentiles into their fold and to begin to open the teachings to them and to instruct them. And this is right before Paul became anointed by Yeshua in the same way to go unto the Gentiles, as again, he was, you know, he was a murderer of uh, the saints, and he was also schooled, and he was like the hitman for the Pharisees, you know, he was like their, uh, their assassin, and so who better to be selected by Christ to repent and to be converted and then to go forth and to teach this unto the Gentiles, but also to um, to rally against the the Pharisees and uh, those that had and were conspiring not even not only his murder but the murderers of the apostles thereafter. All right, so let's continue. 
They, therefore, that were scattered abroad upon the tribulation that arose from Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none save only to Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus, Cyrene, and who, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number that believed turned unto the Lord, and the report concerning them came to the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who also, when he had come and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. And having heard that Saul was at Tarsus, he went out to seek him. And when he met him, he exhorted him to come to Antioch. And they, when they had come, for a whole year were gathered together in the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians. Then first, in Antioch. Now, in these days, there came down prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there was much rejoicing. And when we were gathered together, one of them named Agabus stood up and spake, signifying by the Spirit that there should be a great famine over all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius. And the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send for ministry unto the brethren who dwelt in Judea, who also they did, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Chapter 12. Now about that time Herod the king put forth his hand to effect certain of the church in Judea, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and when he saw that his laying hands upon the faithful pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And those were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had taken him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in the prison. But much prayer and earnestness about him was made by the church to God about him. And when Herod was about to bring him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards before the door were keeping the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by Peter and a light shined in the cell and he nudged Peter on the side and awoke him saying, rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands, and the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And he did so. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed, and he wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, for he thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down the seven steps and passed on through one street and straightway 
the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of truth that the Lord that sent forth his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a maid came to answer, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for joy and ran in and told that Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she confidently affirmed that it was even so. And they said, Perchance it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, came in and declared unto them how that the Lord had brought him forth out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. And now, as soon as it was day, there was a small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and tarried there. For he was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they, with one accord from both the cities, came to the king and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country was fed from the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed himself in royal apparel, sat on the throne and made an oration unto them after being reconciled with the Tyrrhenians. And the people shouted, saying, The voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he came down from the throne, and while he was still living, he was eaten of worms, and thus gave up the ghost. But the word of the Lord grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministration, taking with them John, whose surname was Mark, chapter 13. We're soon to get to the vision of what I was talking about. Now, there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, among whom were Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius the Cyrene, and Mananian, the foster brother of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto whereunto I have called them. Then, when they had all fasted and prayed and had laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And so they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, went down to Cilicia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of the Lord in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had also John as their attendant. And when they had gone through the whole island unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Barjesus, which was with the preconsul Sergius Phallus, a man of understanding, 
the same called unto him Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Edomias, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn aside the preconsul from the faith since he was hearing them with the greatest pleasure. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fastened his eyes on him and said, O full of all guile and all villainy, thou son of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the ways of the Lord which are right? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And then the preconsul, when he saw what was done, marveled and believed in God, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now Paul and his company set sail from Paphos and came to Perga of Pamphylia. But John departed from them and returned to Jerusalem. But they, passing through from Perga, came to Antioch of Pisidia, and they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets and the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Men and brethren, if ye have any word of wisdom, of exhortation for the people, say on. And Paul stood up and beckoning with the hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, hearken. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they sojourned in the land of Egypt and with a high arm led them forth out of it. And about 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them the land of the Philistines for an inheritance. And for about 450 years he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards they asked for a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, to whom also who bear witness and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who shall do all my will. Of this man's seed, therefore, hath God, according to promise, raised up unto Israel a Savior, Jesus, when John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was fulfilling his course, he said, Whom suppose ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, the shoes of whose feet I am not worthy to unloose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and those among us who fear God, to us is the word of this salvation sent forth. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers because they knew him not, not understanding the writings of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, after judging him, they delivered him to Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all things that were written of him, they asked Pilate to crucify him. And when they had obtained this also, they took him down from the tree laid him in a tomb whom God raised from the dead. 
He was seen for many days of them that came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who till now are his witnesses unto the people. And we bring you good tidings of the promise made unto the fathers that God hath fulfilled the same unto our children, in that he raised up the Lord Jesus Christ. For thus it is written in the first psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the ends of the earth for thy possession. And when he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he hath spoken on this wise, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. And elsewhere he saith, Thou wilt not give the Holy One to see corruption. For David, after, elsewhere he saith, He had in his own generation served the counsel of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is proclaimed unto you remission of sins and repentance from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. In him, therefore, everyone that believeth is justified before God. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wanderers, and vanish away. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe if a man declare it unto you. And they kept silence. And as they went out, they besought that these words might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. And now when the synagogue broke up, many of the Jews and the devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. And it came to pass that the word of God went throughout the whole city. And the next Sabbath, almost the whole city was gathered together to hear Paul telling about the Lord in many words. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with jealousy and contradicted the words which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and railing. And Paul and Barnabas spake out boldly unto them and said, It was right that the word of God should first be spoken to you, but seeing you thrust it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee for a light unto the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the uttermost part of the earth. And as the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And they received the word of God, and as many as were obtained to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spread about throughout all the region. But the Jews urged on the devout women of the honorable estate and the chief men of the city, and stirred up a great affliction and persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and cast them out of their borders. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them. And went down to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I've got two more chapters in this particular text. And it came to pass 
in Iconium that in the same way he entered into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake to them that a great multitude both of Jews and of Greeks believed but the rulers of the synagogue of the Jews that were disobedient and the chief men of the synagogue raised up among them a persecution against the just and made the souls of the Gentiles evil affected against the brethren but the Lord speedily gave them peace Long time, therefore, they tarried there, speaking boldly in the Lord, which bear witness unto the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles, cleaving to them on account of the word of God. And when there was made an onset, both of the Gentiles and of the Jews with their rulers to entreat them shamefully and to stone them, they became aware of it and fled into the cities of Laconia, to Lystra and Derby, and the whole region round about. And there they preached the gospel, and the whole multitude was moved at the teaching. Now Paul and Barnabas spent some time at Lystra, and there sat a certain man impotent in his feet, a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. The same heard Paul speaking, being in fear, and Paul fastening his eyes upon him, and seeing that he had faith to be saved, said with a loud voice, I say to thee, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stand upright on thy feet and walk, and straightway suddenly he leaped up and walked, and when the multitude saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice, saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the priests of Zeus, whose temple was before the city, brought for them oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their garments, sprang forth among the multitudes, crying out and exorcised exclaiming, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you and bring you good tidings of God that you should turn from these vain things unto the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who in the generations gone by suffered all the nations to walk in their own ways and yet he left not himself without witness? in that he did good and gave you from heaven rains and fruitful seasons, filling your hearts with food and gladness, and with those sayings scarce restrained they the multitudes from doing sacrifice unto them. But while they were spending some time there and teaching, there came certain Jews from Myconium and Antioch, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and entered into the city of Lystra. And on the morrow he went forth with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel of those to those in the city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that through many tribulations, we must enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had 
appointed for them elders in every church and had prayed with fastings. They commended them to the Lord on whom they had believed, and they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia, preaching to them the good things, and thence they sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been committed to the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered to the church together, they rehearsed all things that God had done for them with their souls and that he had opened a door of faith unto the Gentiles. And they tarried no little time with the disciples. Chapter 15. And certain men came down from Judea and were teaching the brethren, saying, Except ye be circumcised and walk after the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, this is the chapter that I was talking about. And Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and questioning with them. For Paul spake strongly, maintaining that they should remain, so as when they believed, but those who had come from Jerusalem charged them, Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them, to go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders, that they might be judged before them about this question. They therefore, being brought on their way by the church, passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received in great fashion by the church, and the apostles and the elders, and they rehearsed all things that God had done with them. But those who had charged them to go up to the elders, being certain of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, rose up saying, It is needful to circumcise them and to charge them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders were gathered together to consider of this matter. And when there had been much questioning, Peter rose up in the spirit and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the heart, bear them witness, giving upon them the Holy Spirit, even as he did unto us. And he made no distinction between us and them cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God that ye shall put a yoke upon the necks of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that we shall be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in like manner as they. And the elders agreed to what had been spoken by Peter, and all the multitude kept silence, and they hearkened unto Barnabas and Paul, rehearsing what signs and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James rose up and said, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath rehearsed how first God did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written. After these things I will return, and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, 
that the residents of men may seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord who doeth these things. Known unto the Lord from the beginning is his work. Wherefore, my judgment is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles turn to God, but that we enjoin on them to abstain from the pollution of idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood, and that whatsoever they would not should be done to them, you do not to others. For Moses from generations old hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And then it seemed good to the apostles and elders with the whole church to choose men out of their company and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren, and they wrote a letter by their hands containing as follows. The apostles and the elder brethren unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greeting, for as much as we heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls to whom we gave no commandment. It seemed good unto us having come to one accord to choose out men and send them to you with your beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every trial. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who themselves also shall tell you the same thing by word of mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstained from idle sacrifices and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication and whatsoever ye would not should be done to yourselves, you do not to another, from which if you keep yourselves, ye do well, being sustained by the Holy Spirit, fare ye well. And so they, when they were dismissed, in a few days came down to Antioch, and having gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. And when they had read it, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being themselves also prophets, full of the Holy Spirit, exhorted the brethren by much speech and confirmed them. And after they had spent some time there, they were dismissed in peace, and from the brethren unto those that had sent them forth. But it seemed good to Silas to abide there, and Judas journeyed alone. But Paul and Barnabas tarried in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And so you see that the controversy of following the law of Moshe and of circumcision first this controversy was brought forth by the pharisees and that they were trying to create a schism in the church amongst the apostles and it was confirmed that when paul and barnabas came to jerusalem 
that all of the apostles gathered. And Peter spoke up and spoke about his vision and about how he was shown and that God grafted the Gentiles into the church and he made clean what was considered before to be unclean. And that all they had to do, uh, as far as the Gentiles, instead of putting on them the the prohibition uh, and the need that they be circumcised and that they follow the law of Moshe is that they do unto others as they would have them do unto themselves, that they abstain from uh, worshiping idols, sacri- eating food, sacrifice unto idols, um, to uh, stay away from things that have been strangled, um, and to not eat blood, and to abstain from fornication. Uh, one other one, what was the last one? Uh, what was the last? Oh, here it is. That was it. That was all the provisions. Who themselves also shall tell you the same things by word of mouth, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from idle sacrifices, from blood, from things strangled, and from fornication, and whatsoever you would not should be done to yourselves, ye do not to another. From which, if ye keep yourselves, ye do well, being sustained by the Holy Spirit, fare you well. And so, after they came to one accord, they wrote up, they drafted an epistle, and they sent it to all the different places where the Gentile churches had been established. And it wasn't Paul alone that did this. It was the apostles of one accord after they decided, they deliberated, and they spoke amongst themselves as to what they should tell the Gentiles with regard to what they would have to do in order to be grafted in. And it wasn't that they then had to be circumcised and follow the law of Moses, but it was that short list of, you know, what they all came to agreement upon. And so there was no controversy. And there was no division. And as much as you know, people want to tell you, uh, this affirms it otherwise. Which again is why people should read the extra biblical sources to get clarity on things that may be controversial or ambiguous within the canonical materials. And there's just a couple, I know we're quickly running out of time, but I'll share a couple other things. Which really, I've got enough material I could do an entire other show, but...
just a couple a couple other short passages from a few of the other epistles. This is the first epistle of Clement on virginity. It says that John again, who reclined on the bosom of our Lord and whom he greatly loved, he too was a holy virgin, for it was not without reason that our Lord loved him. Paul also, and Barnabas, and Timothy with all the others, whose names are written in the book of life. These, I say, all cherished and loved virginity and ran in the contest and finished their course without flinch as imitators of Christ and as sons of the living God. Moreover, also Elijah and Elisha and many others holy men we find to have lived a chaste and spotless life. So here, you know, Clement is telling us that Paul also is included and written with Barnabas and Timothy and others. Their names are found in the books of life, which I contend also. And because, again, the books like the Vision of Paul, the Apocalypse of Paul, Paul was taken up to the third heaven and blessed with the vision and walked amongst the righteous there in New Jerusalem. And he met there Enoch and Elijah and all the other prophets that had passed previously. And they also greeted him as a blessed and chosen one of Christ, uh, of Yeshua. And so, you know, the people that are trying to teach you that, um, or that are saying and challenging that uh, Paul was, you know, in some way antichrist or serving the devil and that uh, he was working against Yahushua. Uh, well, you know, if he was, you know, I know he did initially, but I think his story, you know, the conversion and of his story is really incredible that God took the, the, uh, assassin of the saints and the prophets and converted him and made him a martyr and a, a spokesman and helped him to understand how he was truly the fulfillment of the prophecies and that he helped others, uh, Jews that were also well-versed in the scripture um, and he helped them to also see how Yahushua was the fulfillment, Yah's salvation. Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, and so, you know, again, I think personally, in my opinion, that people are reaching in that if you really study the extra-biblical as well as the canonical material uh, and that you look at it closely, you find that Paul worked with the apostles in you know in great regard and that he was responsible for bringing many people to the faith and so you know I, I think he did a remarkable job one that is um, approved of by Christ One last thing here. This is from 
the apocalypse of the mother of Christ concerning the chastisements. Okay. And she saw in another place a great darkness, and all the holy said, What is this darkness, and who are they who are being chastised? And the commander-in-chief said, Many souls are lying in the darkness, and the all-holy one said, Let this darkness be taken away in order that I may see the chastisement. Also in the commander-in-chief, this is Michael, the archangel, said to the highly favored one, she speaking to Mary, it is not possible, all holy, that thou should see the chastisement also. And the angels guarding them answered and said, We have a command from the invisible Father that they shall not see the light till thy blessed Son shall sign forth. And plunged in grief, the all holy lifted up her eyes to the angels touching the undefiled word of the Father and said, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the darkness be taken away, that I may see the chastisement also, and straight away the darkness was lifted up and covered the seven heavens, and there lay a great multitude of both men and women, and there arose a great lamentation, and a great cry began. And seeing them all holy wept, and said to them, What are they doing, wretched ones? Who are ye, and how are ye found there? And there was no voice or hearkening, and the angels guarding them said, Why do ye not speak to the highly favored one? And those who were under chastisement said to her, O highly favored one, from eternity we see not the light, and we are not able to keep off that up there. And splashing pitch flowed down upon them, and seeing them, the all-holy wept. And again, those who were being chastised said to her, How dost thou ask concerning the, us, holy lady, mother of God? Thy blessed Son came to the earth and did not make inquiry concerning us. Neither Abraham the patriarch, nor John the Baptist, nor Moses the great prophet, nor the apostle Paul, and to unto us their light shone not. And now, all holy mother of God, the armor of the Christian, the bringer of great comfort on account of the Christians, how does... Oh, wait. Uh, I thou ask concerning us. Then the all-holy mother of God said to Michael, the commander-in-chief, what is their sin? And Michael, the commander-in-chief, said, these are they who did not believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and did not confess thee to be the mother of God and that the Lord Jesus Christ was born of thee and took flesh. And for this cause they are chastised there. And again weeping, the all-holy mother of God said to them, why did ye greatly err, wretched ones? Did ye not hear that the whole creation names my name? And having said these words, the darkness fell over them as it was from the beginning. Um, now, the, the thing here is that, you know, the Michael the Archangel, and it goes on, it's longer, but he mentions Paul um, as does the mother Mary in with, with regard to Abraham and Moses and, you know, a lot of the other patriarchs that were instrumental in bringing uh, the Israelites uh, to be a nation of prophets unto the Most High God. And so, you know, again, even like with the vision of Paul, where it says in Second Corinthians that he had seen paradise that he had been taken up to the third heaven. 
Well, if you read the vision of Paul, you get in great detail his visitation to New Jerusalem and how he is shown um, what happens to the soul of both the righteous and the wicked after death. And, and, you know, that, in my opinion, also elaborates on the, the story that is found in 2 Corinthians in the canonical material. But the vision of Paul, um, as I said, he is greeted by the, the patriarchs and the prophets of old like Enoch and Elijah and David and, you know, others that were there in the city of God from the first resurrection when Christ dying on the cross descended down into Sheol and then took them back up into paradise, uh, which, you know, that was the, the prophecy that was given to Adam even before he was banished out of paradise, that Christ spoke to him the word of the Lord spoke to him then and said, I will be born 5,500 years after you are exiled and that I will be born of your seed and that dying on the cross, you know, he also said he'd be born of a virgin, but that dying on the cross, he would descend down into Sheol and that he would bring liberty to the captives, break open, breaking open the doors of iron, the gates of brass, that he would free them from the bondage of Sheol. And this he did, in fact, accomplish. And so, um, I will, you know, I will do another show at some point where I bring forth some of that other material. And I'll also... Um, provide excerpts from the different the Great Commission books that we have. I just didn't have time to get to that. Um, I mainly, you know, wanted to share the the two stories from the Epistle of the Apostles and the Church Fathers, because again, you know, it's undeniable that Christ is speaking directly about Paul to the apostles. And that even they are instructed and told about how he's going to be um, using, used as a vessel of honor. And that he would go unto the Gentiles like Peter was and all the other apostles. It wasn't just that you know there were one or two apostles unto the Gentiles. All of them were apostles unto the Gentiles after the Gentiles were grafted in. And that was one of the reasons why Christ selected Paul afterwards, because not only was he um, knowledgeable on the law, but that he could teach to the Gentiles who were willing to listen about how Yahushua fulfilled the prophecies of the scriptures and of all that had been written by Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah and so many others, that he fulfilled all of the prophecies that were laid out in the Psalms by David and other places. Especially again when 
you read the Aramaic uh, versions or in the original Hebrew where the word of the Lord is mentioned 217 times in the first five books of the Pentateuch. And how in the English King James Version of the Bible, our modern translation, there's only 11 uh, allusions to the word of the Lord. And so for people that want to know more about even that, about how the, uh, and it's mentioned in the scriptures, the lying pen of the scribes, how they misconstrued, mistranslated, and hid, and hid that Christ was Savior Messiah. Look to the book that my son did, um, The Word of the Lord, uh, a comparative analysis of the hidden Memra, which the Memra in the Targum is an allusion to the Logos, the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, which Christ is. And even in the Psalms, there are 60 mentions of the word of the Lord found in the Psalms. And yet, I think they're less than 10 in the English translation. And so, do your homework. You know, do your homework and uh, believe not anybody else. Trust not what others say. But um, study for yourself and then ask the Most High to lead you in guidance and in discernment and um, study everything because again unless you get the full context the full story how can you you know uh, claim to know the truth all right i'll be on with rob skiba tonight midnight to 2 a.m i appreciate everybody in the chat room we love you all Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in. I hope that, um, you know, I hope that the Christian truthers people check out this show, listen to it, and uh, share some feedback with me. Um, and, you know, I'm not condemning anybody. I, I don't believe that any of us knows the whole truth on everything. So that's why we do what we do. God bless all. Good night. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this video and this broadcast. We appreciate all of you, and thank you for your patronage. Please do like and subscribe and share with your friends. God bless all of you in your seeking.